All right, good morning, everybody. Good morning. My name is Pastor Tim, and I am honored to serve as the youth pastor here. Um, filling in for Pastor Josh today. No, he didn't get injured at skating last night. He was doing all right. He will be here at second service, so he will be back. I'm just filling in and uh, hoping to bless you with the word that God put on my heart this morning. Just my story, just in a super nutshell, um, I came to Crosspoint Thanksgiving weekend 2009. I think I was a senior in high school and um, received Christ. And um, after that, I went to college at Methodist College of Nursing in Peoria, graduated there and started working full-time as a nurse. And like ever since I became a Christian, I've always had a passion for ministry. And while I was working full-time as a nurse, God opened the door for me to come on staff here part-time and to work part-time at Crosspoint and both part-time nursing, which has just been absolutely incredible. I've been so, so blessed by that. Um, so before we dive in, oh, I almost forgot. I got married last September. I got married, my goodness, <laughs> to my beautiful smoking hot bride. She's sitting right up front. I had to say that, just embarrassed her. I'm sorry. But we got married last September right up here. It was great, glorious day of my life by Pastor Josh. It was awesome. So that's me, ordinary dude. So before we dive in, let me pray for us, and we'll get rolling here. Father, I thank you for this morning, and I thank you for each and every person in here right now. It is no mistake that they are here today. And Lord, I pray that you would prepare all of our hearts and our minds for, for your word. And Jesus, use me. Lord, I, I am just a vessel um, preaching your word this morning. And um, I invite the Holy Spirit in here and uh, just to minister to everybody's hearts. In Psalm 119, David said, your word is like honey to our lips. I pray that we would taste your word this morning. And I pray that we would taste your word maybe in a new way, in a way that we've never experienced. But Lord, just lead me, guide me, the things that I have prepared, the things that I don't have prepared. Lord, I lift all of it up to you, and I pray that you would get the glory from this. So it's in your name that we pray. Amen. So the question I want to ask you this morning is this. It's what, what are you afraid of? What comes to mind when you think of something that that you're afraid of, you're fearful of. And I'm, I'm not talking about like, you know, the top 10 fears like public speaking or like spiders, although those things are scary. But like, we, we had youth group this week and one of the girls opened up and she's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm really afraid of my social anxiety. Like that, that's something that I, that I take with me. And sometimes it's like really bad, but sometimes like it, it's, it kind of hides in the background. What's one thing that, that you're afraid of that might keep you keep you up at night, that you can't get out of your mind, that like clouds your vision, that you just can't, can't get away from. If you're thinking about that, if you're reflecting on that and you're taking notes, like jot that down. If it's like one or two things, you can jot that down. Maybe you're in a season of fear right now, or you're struggling with something, or you're working through something. Man, write that down, and I pray that God will speak to you in some way through his word on that today. If you're in a season of fear, what are you afraid of. And the key verse that we're going to walk through this morning is Joshua 1.9. Joshua 1.9, and it's this, it's, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And that verse, that verse has had a huge impact on my life, and I think it could have a huge impact on our church right now, just as we're transitioning and just being fearful of some things and walking through some things. And I also think it's an important verse for 
discipleship because sometimes we got to go far out to reach people far from Jesus, as Pastor Josh has said before. And that can be kind of scary. Like you're breaking down barriers. You're going to places that you're not used to going, and that, that can be kind of freaky. Um, I want to share with you one of the scariest moments of, of my life where God took me from one of my greatest fears to one of my greatest victories in nursing school. So my last semester of nursing school, first day of my last semester, we go inside and the first thing they have us do is we sit down and um, we have to take this 180 question test. And this test determines whether or not, like it predicts whether or not you're gonna pass the NCLEX, which is like the national licensing exam, licensing exam to practice as a nurse. And so I sit down 180 questions, go through this thing, and I felt like pretty confident about it. Like, it's like, you know, I got this. I went through four years of this. It's last semester. I can do this. Sit down, take the test, and I got a 56% chance of passing the NCLEX. Right out of the bat, first day last semester, I was told that I was going to be a failure. I got the lowest score out of anybody in my class. The lowest one, right down at the bottom. And I had to live with that every day in my last semester. And in the back of my mind, because I would take this test again the last day of my last semester. And if I didn't pass it that time around, I wasn't gonna pass, I wasn't gonna graduate. It was gonna mess a lot of things up, financial aid, there's a lot of things just floating through my head and my ego. I was like, man, I thought I had this, now I don't. So every day of that last semester, I was like, how am I gonna do this? Okay, I, I, it was really hard, it was really hard. And. Um, the verse that got me through that last semester was Joshua 1.9. And as I studied it this week, like back then, like I, I had that verse, but I didn't really dig into a lot of the context around that verse. And as I dug in this week, I was like, oh my gosh, my mind was blown about some of the things that I learned about what was going on here and how God was charging Joshua to be strong and courageous. And I'm really excited to share with you guys some of those things that I've learned because just as it has spoken to me, I hope it will speak in the same way to you guys or whatever came to mind when you were thinking about what, what are you afraid of. I discovered how to be strong and courageous in the face of one of my greatest fears. So... If you've got your Bibles this morning, I want to set up the context for us and what we're walking into. So you can open it to Joshua chapter 1. We're going to just kick it off in verse 1. If you're using a pew Bible, it's page 178. Page 178. You can open up there. We're going to start off. We're going to read verses 1 and 2. Verses 1 and 2. Joshua chapter 1. All right, so picking up verse 1, and we've got slides too, so you can follow along up there. But if you've got your Bible, yeah, use it. It's awesome. So verse 1 says, God commissions Joshua. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. So, what's going on here? After the death of Moses. So, God is coming to Joshua, and he's like, first thing he said, and this is kind of an odd way to start out a book, like, after the death of Moses, like, to start out with Moses dying. 
And, and you got to be thinking, what is going through Joshua's mind? Like, what is going through Joshua's mind as God is telling him these things? And, and what Joshua was dealing with, he was dealing with past failures and present obstacles. And those two things created the perfect recipe for fear in his life. Because, for one thing, right now, as God's commissioning him and charging him, he's taking over for Moses. Moses has died. Moses was the dude that he looked up to for like 40 years. He was the guy that mentored him. He walked under him. Moses taught him like everything he knew. Moses was awesome. And all the things Moses did, like Moses led the Israelites like, through the Red Sea. He, Moses received the Ten Commandments from God. He, he led the Israelites out of slavery. Like Moses did some really awesome things for God. And now Moses has died and Joshua has to step into his shoes. And imagine what he was thinking. He's like, how am I going to do this? Like there is no way that I'm going to be able to step into his shoes and what, what, what Moses did. Like how am I going to do that? He was freaking out about it. Not only that, in, uh, in verse 2 there, it says, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River. So for one, he's stepping into Moses' shoes. He's taking over for Moses. And two, now he's got to lead these people across the Jordan River. And the thing is, they've already tried this once. Like, this isn't like their first time around. This is their second time doing this because the first time they came, they freaked out and they ran the other way. Like, God told them, hey, this is my plan for you guys. You need to cross the Jordan River and go to the land that I have promised you. But they got scared and didn't listen to God and went that way. So now, those kids, so like the parents, those kids at that time are now the people that Joshua's leading. So their parents didn't want to do this, and now, he, now he's leading these guys. And um, in Numbers chapter 14, verses 2 through 3, this is what, the first time they came around, this is what they said to Moses as they were like, no, I don't want to do this. Moses chapter, or Numbers chapter 14, verses 2 through 3. And it says, and all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in this wilderness? Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones, they're going to become prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. They didn't even want Moses. They didn't want to have anything to do with him. We're like, they're like, we're not going to cross that. We're, we're done. We're done here. So here we are. Here's Joshua taking over for Moses. Second time around, he's got to lead these guys through here. And here's the thing. God is about to help Joshua in the face of his greatest fears and in the face of his greatest doubts. And, and let me say this too. Courage is not the lack of fear. Courage is the correct response to fear. Courage is not the lack of fear. Courage is the correct response to fear. And even though Joshua was scared, he found courage through God because God was about to instruct him and God was about to lead him through this time in his life. So, how can we be strong and courageous in the face of our greatest fears? Here's my first point. Remember his promises. Remember God's promises. How can we be strong and courageous in the face of our greatest fears? Remember God's promises. So we're going to pick it up in Joshua 1, verses 3 through 5. Verse 3 says this. 
Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised Moses. This is God talking to Joshua. Verse 4, from the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Remember God's promises. So so as, as I was reading this, I was like, so what exactly did God promise Moses? If he's trying to encourage him that way, if he's trying to tell him, trying to tell him hey, be strong and courageous. Remember, I am with you. Remember my promises. What, what promises did God give to Moses? So I started digging in, and here's what I found. I found two of them. I'm going to share them with you. I'm fired up about them. So the first one is, is this. In Exodus chapter 4, verses 10 through 12, God, um, God came to Moses, and he's asking Moses to go and address Pharaoh. At that time, the Israelites were under we're in slavery under Pharaoh. And God was like, Moses, I want you to go. I want you to talk to Pharaoh. You're going to set my people free, and we're getting out of here. And this, this was Moses' response. He says this. He's like, but Moses said to the Lord, oh, my Lord, oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and tongue. Then the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seen or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. Man, that was encouraging to me as I was preparing this and reading it right now. I was like, yes, the Lord is with me. But man, he's like, Moses, I am with you. The words you say, the things you think, the thoughts that you have, as you are standing there talking to Pharaoh, shaking in your boots, sandals, Whatever you're wearing, I'm going to be with you. Don't be scared. And now he's trying to remind Joshua, hey, I was with Moses when he was talking to Pharaoh, and I'm with you right now. Here's the second promise, Exodus chapter 6, verses 2 through 4. This is really cool because this is, this is where God promises the promised land to Moses, and he also reveals himself. This is, watch this. So Exodus chapter 6, verses 2 through 4. It says, God spoke to Moses and he said to him, I am the Lord. Watch that. I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they lived as sojourners. So in verse 2 there where he says, I am the Lord, That's what it says in the ESV, but in the NLT translation, it says Yahweh, Yahweh, which means God with us, which was really cool because up until this point, God hadn't revealed himself as Yahweh to anybody, and the first time he did this was to Moses, and um, Joshua, I looked up the meaning of the name Joshua, which like names were really big back then, like names carried a lot of significance. And the name Joshua means Yahweh saves. Yahweh saves. Like, wow, that is so, so cool. <clears throat> so, um, so God told Moses, I'm with you. Don't be afraid. 
I'm going to lead you to this, this promised land, the, the land that I promised you. And um, as I was reading in my ESV Bible, I came across this quote that said, just because the Lord is like sovereignly giving this land to Israel, like, he, like he's saying, hey, I've promised this to you, that doesn't negate their responsibility like to step out and step into what God has promised them. So if you're struggling today with something or you're afraid of something, maybe it's not today, maybe at some point in your life you'll be afraid or struggling with something. God's got some promises for you. He's got some promises for me. God has promised us some things, but we can like leave them in our Bible we can, or, or we can like step into them, like, like act on them. Um, and, and so I got to thinking like what, what, what promises has God given to, to us? Like these, okay, these were to Moses. God's talking to Joshua. What, what promises has God promised us? And if you're taking notes, you can write these down. Um, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. It says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Our culture puts a lot of emphasis on money and belongings and things. And sometimes we can get anxious about that. And so God's like, hey, don't worry about that. I've got you. Anxiety, Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7. If you're struggling with anxiety, you can write down that passage, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. And then the last one that I looked up was Matthew 28, 19 through 20. And this is cool because this is where Jesus is like, he's like, I am with you always to the end of the age. That's what Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 28. So if you're like me, if you're like Joshua, if you've been struggling lately, if there's something you've been afraid of, fearful about, you're walking through something, maybe you know somebody who needs encouraged. Write down some of these promises and share them with them. Remember God's promises. There's a quote by Spurgeon that says, the same God who answered the last seven prayers is the same God who's going to answer the next seven. You can also think about how God has been faithful in your life. What has he gotten you through before? He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. So how can we be strong and courageous in the face of our greatest fears? Remember God's promises. Point number two, remember God's instructions. Remember God's instructions. And as I was walking through this, I was trying to break it down. And like, this is... This is what God is walking Joshua through. He's like, hey, remember remember my promises. Remember what I promised Moses. And now let's pick it up in verse 6 and see what he continues to say. Verse 6. He says, be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. Here's the thing. In verses 6 through 9, God tells Joshua to be strong and courageous three times. Three times. Is that a little obvious? Or was that maybe a little needed for Joshua? As we know, Joshua was feeling scared. Like, if there's a quiet person... You don't tell a quiet person to keep being quiet, right? And Joshua needed this because he was 
He was tempted. So like in the promised land that God had promised them, there's these people living there called the Hittites. They were like the superpower of that day. And the Israelites were about to like invade their land and there was going to be war and there was going to be battles and there was going to be fights. And Joshua was going to have to lead his people, wives, children, families, his friends into those battles. It would be like, it would almost be like Ireland or something invading the United States. You'd be like, what in the world? There's no way that this is going to happen. And like, it was happening, and God was telling Joshua, we're going to do this, and I'm with you, and I'm not going to leave you. And so in verse 7, so he's like, only be strong and very courageous. Here we go. Being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. So I got to thinking, what, what exactly did, did Moses command, command Joshua? What, what was God talking about here? And what he was referring to is the book of the Torah, which is like the book of Deuteronomy, like almost all or like some portions of it. And so I found a good passage towards the end of Deuteronomy that I feel like kind of summarized what was going on here. So Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19, it says this. Um, It says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death. And this is Moses talking. He's like, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. Loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice, and holding fast to him, for he is your life and length of days that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. You know, I feel like sometimes life is like we're, we're walking down a road and trying to walk in obedience to God, but sometimes we're like pulled to the left or, or pulled to the right by culture, society, or like ourselves. And God's like, don't look. Follow my instruction. And here's the thing, although though Joshua was like trained under Moses and like he knew these things, it wasn't Joshua's like strength or his might that was going to get him across the Jordan River. It wasn't his strength that was going to help him in battle. It was his obedience to God's word and God's instructions. And I like to think about it this way. I think about it almost like a car manual. I can't do a sermon without talking about the church van, Moby, right? (laughs) It's almost like the car manual for Moby. If I'm driving Moby and the car manual says you need to get the oil changed every 3,000 miles and I get it changed at 12,000, I'm going to have some problems. We're probably going to break down and I'm going to have 11 anchor kids pushing the van, right? I got to change the oil every 3,000 miles. I can choose not to change the oil and I can keep doing my own thing, but it's going to cause me some problems down the road, right? And, and like, in the same way, in the midst of fear, when you get anxious, when you get scared, like, where are you looking? What are you, what are you looking to? In driver's ed, my instructor told us, like, you know, if you're losing control, if your car is spinning out of control, he's like, don't look where you're going. If you're going to the ditch, don't look at the ditch because you're going to go to the ditch. Keep your eyes on the road. Keep your eyes on the road because here's the thing. If you look at the ditch, you're going to get the results of the ditch. Keep your eyes on the road. Choose life. 
What is God calling you or telling you to do in this season of fear and obstacles? How is he speaking to you? What's he telling you about your future despite your past failures? And let me say this too. Like if you're in a ditch right now, if you're like, Tim, I spun out of control. I'm in the ditch. Like there's no ditch that God can't pull you out of. Right? There's no pit so deep that God can't come in there and pull you out of that. There's no darkness too dark that God can't bring some light into that. Turn to him. We've got a saying at Crosspoint that says this. It says, human failure is never final when God's grace is operational. Turn to Jesus. So, how can you be strong and courageous in the face of your greatest fears? Remember God's promises. Remember God's instructions. And the last one, we can't remember his promises and we can't remember his instructions if we're not reading his word. So let's jump back into Joshua chapter 1, pick it up in verse 8. Verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. What he's saying here is like, read the Bible. Read it in such a way that it sticks with you day and night. And I tried to think, oh, how do I, how do I elaborate on this, this point a little more? It's like, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty straightforward. Read the Bible. <laughs> In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 through 17 says this. It says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. And I got to thinking, like, if Joshua was reading the word, if he was remembering the promises and God's instructions, he was going to be equipped no matter what came his way. No matter what happened on the other side of that river, no matter what the people were saying to him, no matter what his fears, no matter what his thoughts were saying to him, he was going to be equipped because he had God's word. He was reading it. He was meditating on it day and night. And and as I was reading here too, it says towards the end of verse 8, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. I was like, is God preaching prosperity gospel here? What he meant was not success in like we would think like wealth or like materialistic ways, but more so in like his ability to handle situations. As he would meditate on God's word day and night, his ability to handle those situations would increase. He would be more equipped. And and I got to think like... We're in a relationship with God. We're like, we're, if, if, you're, if you're a Christian, you have a relationship with, with Jesus. We often say, you know, it's not a religion, it's a relationship. And if you're like in a relationship with somebody, you spend time with them, you talk with them. Like my best friend Tyler, he lives in St. Louis, and him and I try to talk like every week on the phone. Why? Because I value his relationship. Like I value spending time with him. In the same way that like I, I value spending time time with Jesus. David in Psalm 119 said um, God's word was like 
honey to his lips. He said, your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. Is that the role that God's word plays, plays in your life? And I, and I don't think he's talking like you know, 30 seconds or two minutes in the morning and then like out the door. He's like, man, meditate on it day and night. Take it with you throughout the day. Is, is God's word dripping from your, from your lips? Are you opening wide and receiving, receiving God's instructions and God's voice in your life too? And sometimes like we, we shouldn't go to the Bible like it's like a, like a magic book. Like you wave an abracadabra and like a genie comes out. Like it, it's God's word and God's voice and God's instruction into your life. It's, it's God speaking to you. So, how can we simplify like everything that we've talked about this morning down into like one, like one big takeaway? So we've got remember God's promises, remember God's instructions, read God's word. So what's like, what's the big idea? What, what's the big, the big takeaway? And I want, I want to jump back to, to verse eight. And I'm going to read it again. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So at the beginning of verse 8 there where it says, um, shall not depart from your mouth. Those words from your mouth are referencing like the custom of like meditating on God's word, or like the custom of like muttering God's word. And then it goes and say, from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. The custom of like meditating, he's actually referring to muttering, like muttering God's word to yourself. Um, one time when Jess and I were sitting down, we were reading our Bibles together, we're sitting there reading, and all of a sudden I hear like, babe and she and I was like are you okay she's like yeah I'm reading God's word it's like what and she was like reading God's word to herself I was like oh that's awesome it's like I have never done that I need to do that <laughs> right she was like muttering God's word to herself like talking God's word to herself which is awesome and that's what that's what they're talking about here that's what that's what God's talking about here this book of the law shall not depart not to depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night and to get to a place where we have the ability like to continually mutter scripture to ourselves, we need to come to the one who is greater than Joshua. We need to be in relationship with the one who was greater than Joshua, with the one who died for our sins. And see, remember the meaning of Joshua's name? Back when I was talking about it, the meaning of Joshua's name, Yahweh saves it's the crazy thing about this whole story. It's all pointing to the person and the work of Jesus. When he was dying on the cross, what was Jesus doing? He was remembering the word. He was keeping the law. And he was muttering scripture to himself. And one of the last verses that he had said was this. It was from Psalm 31.5. He says, 
Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Even on the cross, as he was taking on the weight of the world, all of my sins, your sins, the sins of the world, Jesus was still, he was still in control. He was speaking scripture over himself. He was speaking scripture. He is the promise of God fulfilled. He is the law of God kept for us. And he is the word of God to us. And, and that, that's, that's the big idea here. That, that's, that's, that's the big takeaway. I think all three points are like pretty applicable. Like you can apply those, but I think the big takeaway is here is to face your greatest fears and to be strong and courageous is to be in union with Jesus. To be in communication with him, to be muttering his word to yourself, to be meditating on his word day, day and night. And sometimes... Sometimes I think we need to do a little less listening. We need to do a little less listening to the things that are happening around us, to the things that people are probably saying to us. And imagine what like, all those people were saying to Joshua as they're getting ready to do this. Like they're scared, he's scared. They're about ready to go on this land. There's the Hittite people there. They're gonna go into battle. They're taking their wives, their children. And think about what he might have been listening to, like, to himself, like maybe the thoughts and things that he was saying to himself. Sometimes we have to do a little less listening and do a little more talking to ourselves, speaking scripture over ourselves, muttering scripture over ourselves when we're feeling that way. Like, guys, this was, this was, this was no, no joke. This, so my last, my last semester of school, last day, last semester, I go back in to take that same exam again. And um, sit down, 180 questions. And I was like, all right, Jesus, I'm lifting every part of this exam up to you, like it's in your hands. And um, I'd memorized Joshua 1.9. Well, if you're thinking another application, memorize Joshua 1.9. It has changed my life. Memorize it. Um, so I sit down and sit down for this test. And... After every question, I stopped, bowed my head, was like, Lord, I'm lifting this question up to you. Look back up, did the next one. Next question, stop. Came back up and just kept going and going, all 180. I was the last person in the room. People are probably leaving, looking over at me, be like, what is that guy doing? He's lost it. He's going crazy. I felt like it. But man, I was speaking Joshua 1-9 over myself. I was like, Lord... I'm lifting this exam up into your hands. I had Pastor Josh on standby. I was coming back to the church after that to meet with him. I was like, Josh, I'm not going to look at my score until I get back to the church. All right, so I'm going to look at it with you, and I might need your help. So um, anyway, I finished, I finished the test, and as I was walking out to leave, my professor like, reached out to give me a hug. And I was like, wow, it's so bad my professor has to give me a hug. <laughs> Well, she was congratulating me on, like, I had passed. I somehow, by the grace of God, had passed that test. But let me, let me say this. I, I don't think God, um, I, I don't think God is trying to, like, motivate us by being scared. 
Like he doesn't, God does not try to motivate us through fear. Like I, I didn't go into that test thinking like, oh, God's trying to punish me or do something to me because of the way I'm feeling or what happened that first day or, or any of that. But God comes into our lives and he liberates us from our fears. He frees us from those things. And whether, whether I had passed that exam or not, like I knew God was in control. I knew it was in his hands. I knew he was with me. Even if I had to go down that road and retake everything and do all that stuff, like I knew it was his will for my life and I could trust him in that. He liberates, from us, liberates us from our fear through his good word. So this week, how can we be strong and courageous in the face of our greatest fears? Remember his promises. Look those ones up that I talked about earlier. The Hebrews, Philippians, Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Look those up. Think about whatever you wrote down, like at the start of the message. Find a promise in the Bible. There's tons of them. I wish we had time to go through a lot more. We don't. But there's tons of them in there. Go through some of those. Write those down. Meditate on those day and night. Find one that like applies to whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're going through, whether that be like anxiety, depression, fear. There's something going on at work. There's a money situation going on. Find that one that speaks to you and meditate on it in the morning. Pray it. Pray it at night. Take it with you throughout the day. Memorize it. Let God speak to you through that. let me say this too, if you're, if you're not a Christian today and like you're, you're investigating this, um, if you've got questions, you can talk to me, you can talk with Marshall, talk with somebody. But if, there, if there's something that you're walking through right now, like you're not a Christian and like you're afraid, like fear is something we can all relate to. Just because we're Christians doesn't mean we're like free of dealing with fear and this stuff. I would encourage you and challenge you to to ask God to work on that part of your life. Ask God to like reveal himself. The meaning of Joshua's name, Yahweh saves, God with us. And he wants to work in your life. He wants to be in a relationship with you. He wants to talk to you. So this week, let us meditate on God's word. Let us remember his promises, remember his instructions, read his word. And by meditating and muttering, muttering his word to ourselves, we can be strong and courageous in the face of our greatest fears. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for, thank you for this morning. And um, Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you that it is honey to our lips, whether we are in a praise moment or we're walking through something that we're scared and that we're afraid of. Lord, your, your word meets us exactly where we're at, and I pray that each person in this room right, right now can come to you and they wouldn't feel ashamed, they wouldn't feel fearful of you, that they, they, they could come to you and talk with you just like they would talk with their friend. And walk, walk through with you what they're struggling with. And, um, God, God, I pray that each person in here could leave 
meditating and muttering on your word, that they, they could find a promise that could speak to them this week, that they could have a, one of your promises. The God of the universe, you created the heavens. You tell the wind where to blow. You tell the mountains where to move. All of those things you're in control of. When we walk out of here today and we feel the wind because it's blowing really hard, Lord, we can think that is you. You are in control of that. And Jesus, I pray that we could remember that, know that, be confident in that. Not let our fears overtake us, but to walk confidently. Knowing you're with us, you will never leave us nor forsake us. And we can be strong and courageous because we are walking with you. The ultimate Joshua, the greater than Joshua, the one who died for our sins, the one who took our place on the cross. Lord, you're with us. I I thank you for that. I praise you for that. I pray, I pray these things over every person in this room and we lift all these things up to you in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus we pray.